Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms, and Chad Middle. Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show, folks. I've got no one to my left, and I actually also have no one to my right, uh, which is concerning. It means I'm alone. I'm all alone, and I'm bringing you the show solo. And that's okay, because there's a couple reasons I wanted to do the show solo. One, we don't have time to do a trio show. Uh, Right now we are planning on doing something special. And uh, that something special is coming to you live Thursday. Uh, I believe we're going to mainly be live on Twitter on Thursday. We're going to dabble with some uh, YouTube live as well. So we'll check that out, see how that goes. Uh, But we're going to be live the whole first round of the NFL Draft. Uh, We're going to be there, so you can watch us on Twitter. This is going to be video. Uh, May I even do some audio? I'm going to look into that tonight and see if there's a uh, website where we can go live audio-wise. But we're not going to have our equipment where we're going to be, so it may not be the best quality audio-wise. So video, we're going live on Thursday for the whole first round. Feel free to, to watch and join us and interact. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with it. And uh, I'm excited. It's draft time, baby. Uh, we're getting ready to to see where some of these guys are going. We're getting ready to, to find out some of the mysteries uh, that are going on right now, which is, man, almost top to bottom. I mean, anybody who releases a mock draft and, and says, I'm going to hit on... 50% of these, 40% of these, 30% of these, probably not going to happen. Uh, they're probably not going to be hitting on them. So it, it's going to be a great draft. I, I haven't been excited about a draft like this in a while. I'm always excited. But this one is just, there's so many unknowns. And I'm so excited to just hear those names be called and hear those chimes again like we did on our uh, mock draft episode, uh, last episode. Um, I'm just pumped. Super pumped about it. Um, But what I'm going to do with this solo episode, um, I wanted to tell you guys Thursday to watch us. Come join us for round one on Twitter. Uh, Hopefully it notifies everybody the moment we go live. Uh, But the other reason is I got the pleasure of uh, talking to a great guy. His name is Brandon. You you guys know him as at DHH Scout. Uh, He is a writer for Dynasty Happy Hour. Uh, one of the shows we have a lot of respect for that's been around for a while and uh, does a great job. And uh, Brandon, you know, does a great job too. Uh, we, we talked on Twitter and, you know, just kind of feeling each other out and, and thought, you know what, let's do an interview. Let's do an episode. Let's talk a little bit of football. And, and I'll admit, I was all over the place. This was late at night. Uh, I was excited to talk to him because I read a lot of his stuff that he posts on Twitter and I, I think he has some great points, uh, and I think he has a great outlook on players, rankings, uh, et cetera. So it was a great interview, and I hope you guys uh, thoroughly enjoy it. So I'm going to get to that. Uh, but first, again, check us out Thursday. We'll be live on Twitter, possibly even YouTube, depending on uh, NIT's internet speed. Uh, and I look forward to talking to a lot of you. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll probably go live uh, tonight or tomorrow just in, in Instagram, Twitter, wherever I can, just to let people know uh, Thursday, if you want a little bit of extra something to your draft night, uh, yeah, come watch us. We're probably going to be acting a fool, 
and we're probably going to be doing some goofy stuff. And uh, while, while I'm on this topic, before I get to the interview, uh, I, I love the interview process. I love meeting people. I love talking to other people in the fantasy football community, the podcast community. And uh, I, I'm game to go on some shows as well. So if anybody would like a quick fill-in guest or a 15-minute guest or just someone to talk a little bit of football on the show, uh, hit me up at Bark Back Row. Uh, I'd be more than happy to join. Uh, we also got a episode coming up uh, where us and the fantasy football gurus are going to do a uh, co-podcast effort uh, where their show joins our show or vice versa and uh, talk some football. And it, that's exciting too. Uh, talked to uh, Josh from the fantasy football gurus quite a bit on Instagram. He's a great dude. Uh, he did the the uh, pod meets thing with me, which I need to get back into and release some more. Uh, but we're going to be doing that as well. So hit me up if you want a quick guest or just to talk some football. Uh, you know, draft season is upon us. There's no better time. So without further ado, here's the interview with me and at DHH Scout. All right, folks, I'm here with Brandon, a.k.a. DHH Scout. Uh, tell, tell everybody a little bit about what you do, who you write for, and give us some uh, some information on this ranking system you got going on, your pinned tweet. I'm interested to hear about it. Hey, thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on. Really looking forward to talking about some of these rookies with the draft coming on Thursday. This week cannot go by fast enough. Uh, yeah, I write for Dynasty Happy Hour. You can find me on Twitter. I tweet all day, every day, pretty much, at, Dyn- at DHH Scout. Um, pretty much my rankings that I had put together for the top 12 this season goes chalk for the most part. I think the first four picks are the first four for everybody. I have Saquon Barkley, Darius Geis, Nick Chubb, where I get a little different. And most people have a problem with this ranking is I have Christian Kirk as my one Oh four. That's a bold. That's kind of my plant, a flag player for this season. Last year it was Alvin Kamara at one Oh two. This year, Christian Kirk at 104 is is kind of the one place I'm sticking my neck out and going away from consensus. Well, if Kamara was one of your guys last year, it's hard to argue if you're high on Kirk this year. Not to mention, that's <laughs> that's what teams do. That's what NFL teams do. They're, they're high on a guy, and you don't know it until, you know, day one or day two of the draft is over. So can't knock it until the production shows up on the field. So he's definitely built rock solid and is that prototypical slot receiver that could end up being a massive steal for someone. So I'm not going to knock you for it. (laughs) The biggest reason for my high ranking on him was not only was he a standout in the SEC, broke out at age 18 and and dominated ever since, but even before that, I live here in Arizona, and that's where Christian Kirk went to high school, was out here in Scottsdale, and the kid was a phenom from an early age. At the age of 14, he led the team to a state championship, won three state championships in high school, uh, broke all kinds of records, top wide receiver coming out, five-star recruit. So he just has pedigree. Every single year that the kid's played football, he's dominated and done really well and has been the best at what he does. So I can, I really consider that's going to continue into the NFL, and he's going to just produce and put up numbers. Well, you sound like, you know, you've been watching this guy for a while, so I imagine you have an answer to this question. Where do you see, and I'm sure there's multiple, but where do you see his ideal landing spot? Where do you want to see a guy you've followed uh, from early on in his, you know, career? Where would you like to see him land? Well, the two 
connections that he has. He's beloved in the state of Texas. So if the Cowboys wanted to make that same kind of statement and take him, uh, I think that would be a great fit. And as well, the Arizona Cardinals, you know, obviously he grew up here and Larry Fitzgerald is a mentor of his. Uh, I just tweeted out today that he was playing on Larry Fitz's softball team in his charity game that was local here. So there's some ties to both of those areas. If we're talking non-connection wise, I would love the Indianapolis Colts to take a stab on him at the top of round two. They need a number two outside of T.Y. Hilton and Christian Kirk would complement his game outstandingly well you know dj moore i think is a great fit for the colts as well but any one of those guys um there's a number of teams up at the top of the second round where a lot of people have kirk going yeah i like i like the landing spots as well i mean arizona honestly uh should probably sink a couple of the first half of their draft picks into receivers uh and christian kirk would be fantastic to to pair up with maybe another rookie you know rounds four five maybe and pair him up with christian kirk and and try to make something of it because once fitz is gone you're kind of left uh you're leaving the the cupboard thin yeah they they need a lot unfortunately who knows maybe they'll trade the whole draft for a quarterback i you know they're being quiet about it so i'm excited to see what happens yeah uh, this is one of the most exciting drafts i've seen in a while because the, these mock drafts are going to be so wrong. They're they're going they are every year. They are every year, but this year they're going to be terribly wrong. Like there are so many. Well, we teams have no that, clue. Yeah, starting, we have, starting with one hundred and one, right? We have no clue. Absolutely, we have zero clue. It's hard to tell what will happen. I'm starting to hear chatter that the Browns could trade out of it. I don't believe it, but anything can happen. Yeah, who knows? I I just pray it's it's not Josh Allen, but who knows? They know they get paid a lot more to figure that stuff out than we do. So much Josh Allen hate. The whole Twitter community <laughs> hates Josh Allen with a passion. Like I I am the opposite. I, I see I uh, I like to see the best in everyone, and when I see the best in Josh Allen, I see something kind of special, and I also see a major amount of bust potential, <laughs> like everyone else. But man, there there are some elements of his game that if the right uh, coach gets a hold of him, it, it could end up being fantastic for that team. Or it could be Christian Hackenberg 2.0. So. I know you wanted to talk about some, some landing spots that could be short-term replacements, not necessarily this year, but 2019 and, and further down. And I saw Josh Allen mock to a spot. He won't make it this far, but... I think would be perfect for him and everyone involved was to the San Diego Chargers. I'm sorry, LA Chargers. Yeah, I, I still Rivers do that. Is is a veteran who, you know, still got two to three years in the tank, and and I think that's what Josh Allen needs. You know, if he's one on one, he's going to play year one. That's just how it always goes. So if if he were to go to a spot, not necessarily fall all the way to the Chargers, but to a team where he can just chill for a couple of years. I think that would benefit the franchise and Josh Allen. Yeah, that's actually exactly what he needs. Even if he does for some reason go 101 to Cleveland, hopefully, you know, Tyrod gets a couple years before they put Josh Allen in there cuz he's definitely not ready to just throw right into the fire. So, Chargers would be a great landing spot. And I uh, I kind of wanted to talk about, you know, and, and I couldn't have picked a better night uh, to talk to you actually, cause I I've gone through your Twitter and, and seen a lot of the stuff that you post and, and it's good stuff. And I can tell that you know your stuff and that you go deep into some of the players. And, uh, that's kind of what I want to talk about for a few minutes tonight is 
you know, landing spots for guys that, that teams may be looking to go to in 2019. And I brought up Joe Flacco, and you brought up another quarterback uh, that you're going to touch on in a second. Uh, but Joe Flacco's 33. Uh, I'm there. If the if the Baltimore Ravens go come out of this draft without at least drafting the, a developmental prospect, uh, they've done themselves an injustice because Joe Flacco's already been, you know, rocked completely out of his mind a few times in the last couple seasons, and I, and I think it's time for them to start looking at guys that they could develop and like a Luke Falk or a Kyle Laletta. Kyle Laletta is one of those guys I am so eager to see where he lands because I think he could be such a steal for a team. Uh, but but guys like that, I, I kind of want to get your opinion and uh, maybe some teams or players you, you've noticed are at the end of the rope with teams after this season possibly and, and what kind of fit. I Actually, talk about, talk about your guy you just told me about before we started recording because it's very intriguing to me. Yeah, great take on, on Flacco, Jeremy. The guy that really rings in my head as far as could be in his last year, and he's not even that old, it's Andy Dalton. Now, it's kind of gotten to the point where it's put up or shut up for Dalton oh, for yeah. Cincinnati. Uh, you know, they've surrounded him with all the talent that most quarterbacks would just love to have with A.J. Green, now Joe Mixon. They invested a top-ten pick in John Ross. Tyler Boyd is a guy that I, I really like coming out of college. So Weapons, you know, Eifert's been there. They're putting the offensive line back together, already traded for a left tackle. So they're giving Andy Dalton every chance in the world to succeed. And if he has a less-than-mediocre season again and they don't make the playoffs again, I think it, there's an opportunity that he might be done. And here's what's interesting. The Cincinnati Bengals, if they cut bait with Andy Dalton at the end of the season, owe $0 in dead cap. Yeah. So they still own him, so it could be an Alex Smith trade situation trade, and then he you know, negotiates a brand-new contract with a new team looking at you, Buffalo. But uh, Andy Dalton could be on his way out if he can't get it done. He's still young, and maybe he does well, and, and they resign him. But I think Lamar Jackson is a sneaky pick to go to the Cincinnati Bengals if he falls that far, because he's a dynamic playmaker, and he has an elite trait, which Andy Dalton hasn't showed that he has one yet. And I, and I love that take, because like we were talking about earlier, I think very few people are even thinking about the possibility of a Cincinnati selecting a Lamar Jackson, simply because, you know, we... We're so deep into the off season and so deep into draft season. We've got what two and a half, three days before the draft happens. Everybody's already mocked these quarterbacks to quarterback needy teams, forgetting about teams that aren't necessarily quarterback needy, but also don't have the solution on their teams currently. So I, I love uh, the idea that Cincinnati could take a Lamar Jackson uh, where they're sitting at in the first round. Absolutely, and and keep in mind too that. We know that teams like Buffalo are, are trying like hell to trade up and get that quarterback of their future, but I don't think they're going to take one just for the sake of taking one. If they can't make a deal or somebody makes a better deal like Arizona or other teams that are trying to jump, uh, I don't think they're just going to take whoever's left. And at 12, they might go and do the smart thing and go best player available. So draft night's going gonna, gonna to be crazy intense, and I hope it's everything we've been hoping for. Yeah, me too. Because I mean, there's always there's always that team uh, that jumps up and absolutely blows you away with the move that they made to get their guy, and you never know who their guy is till draft day. So that's uh, 
something I'm really looking forward to this season and this year in the draft. I, I re- now I really want to see Cincinnati make a move for a quarterback <laughs> just to throw everyone's mock drafts for an absolute loop. As a Mixon owner, I'd, I'd welcome that. <laughs> you know, what's interesting, Jeremy, is that an underrated aspect of of what's going on right now with all the rumors and mocks and whatnot, there's a lot of smoke screens. Oh, yeah. I think people kind of forget that when the Giants say, we have no interest in taking a quarterback, why would they tell us that? Why would they give every other team their board, you know, this is what we're going to do? They're not doing that, right? They're keeping the cards close to the chest. Kind of like Chicago. Chicago last year, did you know that before they drafted Trubisky, they did not bring him in for a visit. They did not talk to him. They did not interview him outside of the combine. They completely ignored him because they wanted him so bad. They didn't want to give anybody a hint as to what they were doing up until they traded for the pick. Yep, and that's exactly the kind of moment I was just talking about where, you know, that that team shocks everybody. I I had no clue that Chicago was in play for a quarterback on day one of the draft. I I thought maybe day two, day three, like some of these things we're talking about with Flacco and Dalton and those teams – uh, maybe getting into the mix day two and day three, uh, we're, we're probably all being a little bit naive. And one of those teams, like you said, the Bengals could jump up and grab their guy. And and that's what Chicago did. It totally, I had no idea what they were moving up for. I saw that they moved up. And, uh, you know, after a few seconds of thinking about it, it was like, okay, they, you don't pay that much to, to move up to grab, <laughs> you know, a linebacker or a safety. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be quarterback. And, and I agree with you. Uh, New York, the Giants. There's absolutely no reason to show your cards. And another part of the smoke screen is saying we have no interest in a quarterback to try to get someone to make that move to number two for possibly Saquon Barkley. I mean, mm-hmm. so, so again, they're not showing their cards at all by saying they don't want a quarterback, leading everyone to, to believe, oh, they must be taking Barkley. They may be baiting someone into moving up for Barkley or you know, baiting someone into moving up for something completely different. Bradley Chubb is a big name that is somewhat talked about, uh, but I, I don't I don't think he's getting the respect he deserves as far as a, a top five draft pick right now. I think everyone assumes he will be one, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a team move up to get him. Yeah, the blue chip talent up at the top is ridiculous in this draft. I mean, quarterbacks aside, you got Saquon Barkley, Bradley Chubb, Quentin Nelson. All three of those guys, I think, are instant pro bowl level players that could hopefully be in the hall of fame someday so it's teams like indianapolis and chicago that are picking you know in that six seven eight range they're going to get absolute steals yeah they are and tampa bay as well because no one knows what direction they're leaning towards so i mean it's they're a major wild card right there with uh indianapolis and chicago for sure so what are some guys, uh, some lower key names? We've all, you know, spent the last couple weeks talking about the Sam Darnolds, the the Baker Mayfields, the Saquon Barkleys. Uh, so, so what are some guys that, besides Christian Kirk, that you may have your eyes on as uh, potentially being someone's starting running back or, or starting receiver or starting quarterback, uh, maybe in 2019, maybe somebody to sit and learn a year from an aging veteran? A guy that I love that might not get the best landing spot, just based on all the people that will get taken ahead of him, is Royce Freeman coming out of Oregon. I think he is one of the most underrated three-down backs in this class. And I mean three-down back. Most people think he's a you know first, second-down thumper because he's 230 pounds. But he actually has some of the best hands in the class. There's a pro football focus stat that, 
They said he caught 80 out of 89 targets that came his way, which is absolutely ridiculous. It was the highest rate in the class. So a guy who's 230 pounds can catch, and he had some of the best agility scores when you adjust his weight for it. Uh, I, that screams three down back to me. Now, he might not end up in the prettiest of, of locations, you know, especially year one, just because there's not a lot of locations left for starting running backs. You know, we got so many, so much supply and only a few really great pure spots. So Rashad Penny is a guy that, um, I'm sorry, Royce Freeman is a guy that I would, I would gladly take with, you know, end of the first, beginning of the second pick. And that could be that Kareem Hunt type absolute steal mega stud in a draft. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and plus Royce Freeman, you know, he's kind of that all around back that, that if it wasn't for the, the names of Saquon Barkley and, and a Nick Chubb and Darius Geis, I mean, he, he might be, he might be talked about more. Some of these running backs are simply not discussed as much because of the, the top tier this year is so much better than most years. Like Saquon <laughs> Barkley is one of the most hype prospects I've seen in probably two decades. So, Since I've been playing fantasy. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. So guys like Royce Freeman and Rashad Penny, who, you know, you, you mentioned a second ago, which is easy to, to you know, not mix up when you're talking about some of these running backs because there are so many. Uh, but a Rashad Penny as well is a guy that probably would be talked about more if it, if it wasn't for the Barclays and Geises of the world. What are your thoughts on John Kelly? Honestly, John Kelly has been at the back of my mind through some of these some of some of the videos and some of the you know film I've been watching, not not because I don't have respect for his game, I do, but he he's in probably my third tier of rookie running backs. There's one guy in particular that I'm kind of intrigued by that has put John Kelly on the back burner for me, and it's Kalen Ballage. He's ooh he's a guy that I'm really intrigued by not not just because of his size and his athletic ability. Uh, but I kind of look at him, I'm targeting him, I hate to give it away, uh, but I'm targeting him in like the late second of my Dynasty rookie drafts, uh, only because he reminds me a lot of a guy who's been fantasy productive, not a big name, not someone that you're going out trying to buy shares of right now, but someone who's honestly been a great third running back, third or fourth running back for teams uh, for the last couple years, and that's Latavius Murray. And I kind of see Kalen Ballage as a more athletic Latavius Murray. Similar size, almost almost dead on, actually. Same size and weight. But Kalen Ballage has a little more wiggle to his game. And he's he's got me intrigued. So, to be honest, not looking a lot at John Kelly right now. I see too many similarities with a lot of other very average running backs in the league right now. But I see something in Kalen Ballage that I'm not going to call special. Uh, but that I could actually see him earning his way... Uh, into a starting spot, uh, maybe his second or third year in the league. Man, I so badly wanted Kalen to break out this year. I, t- ASU Stadium is two minutes from my house, and so I was waiting all year, you know, for this year, the season, senior season, to just bust out and destroy college football. And the coaches never put him in the game. It was the weirdest thing. You know, you're trying to watch his film and get a good feel for the guy, and they just didn't play him. Uh, so part of me feels like he just couldn't figure out the playbook or the offense. You know, ASU's coaching staff all got fired, so maybe it was their fault. <laughs> but uh, Ballage is, is so intriguing. He actually, in a real draft, 
not a mock that I had this weekend, Jeremy. He went in the third round. So he's definitely can be had for a steal at this point. And, and you're right. Like, if he gets – he needs a coach that can find a way to appeal to him and get him on the same page because his physical traits are, are quietly – you know, they're quite unmatched. You know, other than Saquon, he might be one of the better athletes, you know, just from a pure – like, you look at him and he looks like – a body, but dude is ripped. He's super fast. He can do it all. Scored seven touchdowns in a game one time. I'm really intrigued by by Blodge as as a, as a flyer. He was, you know, a late first, like back in February. Yeah, you know when we first started this process, and he's done nothing but drop, drop, and drop. Yeah, and that's because other guys have have risen. So I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's guys like that that I definitely like to target. He's kind of my ESB of the running back. Uh, prospects there which ESB you know equinemius he's mm-hmm. he's that guy to me someone who didn't get a lot of playing time someone who you know could be a diamond in the rough simply because they never got to show their stuff with the right guys around them absolutely any uh, any I know you talked about Christian Kirk uh, but is there another wide receiver maybe a little lesser known than even Kirk another guy that you've been watching or intrigued by that that you think would make a good starter for somebody uh, maybe in 2019? Yeah, I'll give you a couple names real quick. Um, first off, Anthony Miller is a guy that is starting to catch buzz and shoot up boards, but I think he is a stud. Anytime you, someone has back-to-back 90 reception seasons, you need to check that out. So I, I'd encourage anybody who hasn't watched some tape of Anthony Miller uh, out of Memphis. He, he'll impress you. The guy, the guy can ball. He's a little older. So that's a big knock, and he took a long time to to break out. So there's some questions there. But another name that I'll give you is Jordan Lasley, uh, played played for UCLA with Josh Rosen. You can snag him in third, fourth round rookie pick range, and come post draft, he might be at the top of the second because of because of a good landing spot. But he, here's a guy who's just good at football. You know, when you put on the tape, he stands out as. This guy is consistently better than the person opposing him. You know, and that—that's kind of a trait you just kind of look at. Is when you're watching a game, who stands out as some of the best players on the field, and and that's a name I think I would look out for as, as you look towards the end of your rookie drafts. I've got to say, in reference to Anthony Miller, uh, I don't know if you follow him on on Instagram. I don't see a lot of you know social media posts out of him anywhere else, but on Instagram, kid's got a chip on his shoulder <laughs> the size of Texas. And I say that because I think he's a great fit for Dallas, but he's got a huge chip on his shoulder. And he plays like it too. He plays like it. And I saw a photo of him and his back was to the camera and he, you know, had a saying, you know, similar to the chip on your shoulder comment. It was like, you know, everyone doubting you or everyone this or that. I, I can't remember. It was something cliche. I have to say that, but, but dude, his, his back literally looks like something out of a Marvel film. Like that dude is <laughs> ripped up, jacked up. Uh, it looks like he does nothing but dig ditches every single day of the week. And I was just kind of in awe at the guy's just physical presence uh, for, for being not a huge guy, not not a tall, you know, high point kind of receiver, but just just jacked up like Christian Kirk. And, and his production, mm-hmm. you can't argue with it. So he's, he's someone that's got me intrigued as well. Yeah, I'm glad you brought the, the size thing up. So weight for me, is much more important than height. 
especially when you look at guys who are succeeding in the NFL. So if you're shorter, if you're 5'11", 5'10", whatnot, that's okay if you got a, if you have a good BMI because your weight is around 200 pounds. So Christian Kirk, DJ Moore, Anthony Miller, all three of those guys are about 5'11", you know, 200-ish plus pounds. And that's awesome. And that's huge because if you're going to be shorter like that, you want to be thick. Because you can break more tackles, you can actually last long in the NFL and not have those durability concerns that a, a really tiny, skinny guy with with small arms like John Ross, for example, uh, is probably going to have injury problems his whole, whole career. Um, so these thicker guys that kind of remind you of a of, of a Jarvis Landry type of player that can just grit it out and actually last in the NFL, those are the types of players that I'm looking for. Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree more with you because using that example of Jarvis Landry. Uh, I'm a Miami Dolphins fan, so I've you know watched plenty of Dolphins games. I'm upset Jarvis mm-hmm. isn't a part of it now. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt about that at all. Uh, but you know, you in watching those games, and you see Jarvis Landry versus a Devonte Parker. Devonte Parker isn't exactly thin and frail, uh, but he is taller. He is you know sleeker. I guess would be the word, and he's he's mm-hmm. got injury problems, and and also to be a guy who's a go-up-and-get-it guy. I watch Landry much more often go up and snag the ball uh, away from a cornerback or defender. So, yeah, I definitely would not un- underestimate a lot of these guys in the drafts just because uh, they're 5'11 or six foot. So I couldn't agree more with you there. Yeah, just from a philosophical standpoint of, of approaching dynasty football, not to get too deep on you, but when it comes to receiver, the position has changed so much just in the last five years. Like we always used to look for the Julio, the AJ, the Dez, the Megatron, right? The Mike Evans, the, the big physical freaks go up and get it. The way the rules have, have kind of changed both for quarterbacks and, and for wide receivers is that the guys who get open on every play are the ones who are dominating. So Antonio Brown. Not physically imposing, but he gets open on every play. Keenan Allen is open on every play. Michael Thomas really doesn't have any physical special gifts or abilities, but he's open on every play. Devontae Adams, same thing. All these guys are winning at the line of scrimmage, and it's because of their hands, and it's because of their feet, and how they're running routes. So those are the types of traits, more so than size, that, that I'm looking for. And in the jump ball ability, you know, you could just go down the line of all the big six four guys who have failed you know, in the last three, four years, or have yet to break out because they can't separate. They can't get open. You know, Parker is one of them. You know, Treadwell hasn't seen the field because of it. Uh, you got Kevin White, who's obviously an injury, you know, problem as well. But even when he was on the field, he wasn't doing much. Uh, so there's a lot of a lot of these big guys that used to be the prototype of what we're looking for. I'm looking for, you know, the Devontae Adams, the Keenan Allen's, Michael Thomases. Who are these guys who can get open at will? Yeah, and I, I thank you saying that. I mean, it also brings to mind something I've been meaning to talk about on an upcoming show, and it, it's kind of the way that the Patriots uh, play their wide receivers. And if, if you notice, it, it's very rare year to year to see, you know, a very large, imposing wide receiver for New England. I, I think the league is, is starting to recognize, like, you want multiple guys that can play the slot multiple guys uh, that run great routes that can just simply get open. Like your chances of, mm-hmm. of connecting on a deep ball to a Brandon Cooks are the percentage, you know, considerably goes down than the percentage of just trying to get first downs. And I think the Patriots have, you know, been playing that game for a long time and it's just taken the league a while to, to catch up. Uh, but, but I agree with you a hundred percent. The Anthony or the not Anthony, I'm sorry, the, 
yeah, Anthony Miller. The Anthony Miller, Christian Kirk, uh, guys like that. Antonio Brown, not imposing, but but getting open is what it's all about right now. Yeah, and Calvin Ridley, a guy we haven't brought up yet, that's the one thing that he excels at. That's his elite trait is route running and, and separation. You know, Cortland Sutton intrigues me from his physical capability standpoint, but he, he's just really raw as a, as a route runner and as a receiver because he's only played for two years. He came into college as a defensive back. So I'm not touching Cortland Sutton just as a personal preference because I think he's going to take a long time to develop just like all these other 6'4 guys have. So unless you're an absolute freak, you know, like Mike Evans, I think is the latest example of you're just you're amazing at what you do and you're really big. Um, I'm I'm kind of shying away from the big prototype wide receivers. Does that include uh, Saint Brown? That definitely includes <laughs> Saint <laughs> Brown. Uh, that that could be a long discussion, but I'm, uh, you know, it's kind of what could be right, but. You know, if, if a guy's never had a thousand yard receiver in college or even in high school, I, I don't imagine it's going to happen too quickly in the NFL. Maybe one day, but not in the first couple of years for sure. I definitely agree. He's he's definitely probably not going to bust out from the get go. He's an intriguing guy, but again, there's there's safer bets. Uh, there's definitely safer bets in this draft than than going after those guys. And I kind of hate it for Calvin Ridley because I don't want to say there's been shade tossed on him lately, but. There's just not a lot of chatter about Calvin Ridley, and the fact is, he gets open. He he runs amazingly precise routes, and he just gets open. So I still won't be surprised if a team takes him in the top 15 to 18 picks, not whatsoever. Uh, you know, because the NFL knows it better than than us fantasy folks. Like we have our knowledge, we have our uh, film review, but when it comes to the NFL, they want guys that get open. We we want guys that put up. 1500 yards and, and 15 touchdowns but uh ho- hopefully calvin ridley is just as good a pro as he was a college player i'm hoping so well man i appreciate you coming on with me tonight i wish we could talk a little bit longer but uh it is getting to be the wee hours of the night here on the east coast i know you're on the uh the pacific side congratulations for that the weather's got to be a whole lot uh, better than ohio but brandon i appreciate you coming on talking with me a little bit and uh Hopefully we get to do it again soon. Hey, Jeremy. Thanks a lot, buddy. I appreciate it. And I'm down to talk football with you anytime you like. Uh, For all you listeners, please check me out on Twitter at DHH Scout. Absolutely. And check out Dynasty Happy Hour. It's a great pod. It's been around for a long time. And uh, Tyler and the guys over there are really great on Twitter as well. Uh, They get to everybody instantly. You can DM them just like you can DM us on the Back Row Fantasy Show. And those guys are are just uh, here to help. Everybody loves fantasy football. The community is great. And, Brandon, thanks again for being part of that great community and and coming on and talking with me this evening. Thanks, Jeremy. Love your show, bud. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Again, I can't thank Brandon enough for coming on to the show. Uh, Got some more interviews lined up, and uh, hopefully there are guys on Twitter you guys love to follow, love to check out. And, again, we all love to help each other in this community. So go follow DHH Scout if you don't already. And uh, follow some of the other guys that we're going to do some interviews with here uh, in the short-term future. Thanks again for listening to the Back Row Fantasy Show. Come check us out Thursday. I'm looking really forward to talking to some folks. Stoops, I'm hollering at you. Uh, Gut Check Dynasty guys, hollering at you. Uh, Fat Adam Schefter, hollering at you. DHH Scout, uh, the Fantasy Football Gurus, uh, Dynasty Trades HQ. Looking forward to talking to all of you guys, hopefully a little bit, at least you know, for a minute here and there. Uh, But check us out. We'll be going live on Twitter on Thursday. 
Thanks again for checking out the show. And uh, peace. See you guys later. This concludes another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. Thanks for listening. And be sure to give us a review.